I've experienced it a lot, and it's just funny to me that that people like act like they've just never seen a movie before. Especially when dogs die. Like if if a dog gets killed in a movie, oh boy! Like, yeah, like people, if, if you're if you're seeing a movie and a dog is on the poster and it's a main character, <laughs> it's probably going to die. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like, that, that, you, why would you tell the story if the dog doesn't die? Right? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 440 with a review of Get Out. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're doing a little review of a little film called Get Out. Oh, wait, actually, excuse me? No, oh, sorry. There's been a mistake. Actually, this is a review of Moonlight, and oh, uh, we're gonna get it right on that. Oh shit! This is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, this is a joke. But uh, we just finished watching the Oscars yeah. just before joining this conversation, and yeah, that was best, we best in the business. Picture. <laughs> this brings like new new terminology to the word upset, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I, I'm not going to say that I didn't laugh, um, when they were like, whoops, <laughs> um, well, just cause it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. But, but like the one guy like continued his speech. He's like, he's like, actually, <laughs> he said, I'd like to thank these people, but we lost. And I'm like, what do you mean you lost? And then like yeah. the other people ran up and I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Like, yeah, I, like I, 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 yeah, like I legit tuned out. Like when, when they were giving all their speeches, like I was, I was actually texting someone saying like, oh, well that went as I predicted, like everything pretty much. Like, there was, there was no real surprises, and then, like, right after that, I heard the guy say, like, oh, but we lost, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I, I, are you saying, like, sometimes when you win, you lose? Like, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty insane. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more than happy to have Moonlight win, but, like, it's just insane that they read something, the wrong film. People were already up on stage thanking people. And then all yeah, that was like, pretty ridiculous. Wait, it was funny because like I rewound it because I like I said I wasn't watching it and like the to see the the backstage people with like microphones on come out. One guy literally just grabbed an Oscar from somebody in the back was like, "Nope," <laughs> <laughs> it was like this is all wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't like I someone got fired. Like I <laughs> someone some intern, I guess, who put the wrong card in the wrong thing. I don't know, but uh, uh, someone already joked online that Marissa Tomei f- finally won't be the only one who's just like, oh yes, I'm not the only one because she. Everyone thought that they she she got wrongly called, you know, back in the day, but. Clearly, she didn't because of it. Because you know the it was another it was another hashtag old it. person moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't even know. I, I'm I'm already waiting for like the truthers to come out to be like it was all a stunt. This was all a ploy to to get ratings and create you know surprise and this crazy like M Night twist. Yeah, but you like know. that that would be so dumb because like no, yeah. you literally wait to the end of a four hour broadcast to try to drum up support for just reading the name of the, the correct winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would make absolutely no sense. Oh, they, but they I mean... were just trying to compete with this year's Super Bowl, right? Where everybody's like tuning out because it's totally <laughs> over yeah. in the last like couple minutes. Right. Everything changes. But you know how dumb people are online. They they'll they'll go to whatever lengths to to be like, This is this was totally set up, but um, yeah. uh, I, I thought thought that um, I mean I thought that that La La Land was pretty much a lock to win. Like I just figured all along that that would be the one. Um, but I mean, lately they've been doing like the the split winners where a different picture, a different movie wins picture, and then a di- uh, different director wins. Um, they've done that the last couple of times. Um, they did it last year, and I think they did it like two years ago, two years before that. 
they've been starting to split it more, which I guess is good because you get like different winners. But it's also kind of weird because it's like, well, you'd think like the best picture winner would also be the best director. Like I don't know, but 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 also the the Academy still uses the uh, instant runoff voting, right? So yeah, like they switched to you, that. Yeah, however you placed everything in there is going to determine who could win. So like something that was everybody's second favorite could win over what was the majority of the people's, you know, main favorite. Yeah, like just I, like I the mean, elections. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I want, I kind of wanted Barry Jenkins to to be a surprise win for a director, um, but then I was like, well, I, you know, I pretty much figured that it would go La La Land route. So like, I'm, I was glad they like switched it for picture, at least. Um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a pretty hilarious. Someone definitely got fired. Um, yeah. For putting the wrong card in the wrong envelope or whatever. I don't know. It was, it was still pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. There, there was just, it was one of those things where like, I didn't even care that there was a mix up. I just desperately needed to know what happened and how it could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, Yes, but I, I definitely took uh, – I definitely was very happy that uh, Suicide Squad is now an Academy Award-winning film. Um, <laughs> and I was especially happy that it won it – was, it was currently leading in more Oscars than La La Land at one point in the night. And I was still, te- I was still texting Sarah like, guess who still has an Oscar and La La Land doesn't? Suicide Squad, bitches. Um so that was that was pretty funny. I'm sure someone on Twitter's just like, I can't believe this poisonous movie won an Oscar. But uh, yeah, well, but I mean, you got to be ecstatic that that your boy Casey Affleck won. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, actually, I actually didn't like the uh, the Oscars as a whole because he was in it. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. They kept right. cutting to him, and Chris was like, oh, "Not believable." Right. That that's the rule, right? <laughs> just just because he's in it, I have to not like it. Um, yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, I thought I thought the Oscars as a whole were were an interesting run this this time. I mean, I I enjoyed watching the broadcast. So yeah, it ran a lot more smoothly than it normally does. Uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel was a really good host. Like, um, it it's funny that he kind of took the blame at the end. Um, I mean, I think that was just like a funny way to to close it out. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I legitimately thought that like he did a good job. Like I, you know. Uh, I feel like he kept things moving. There's they always put in stuff where you're just like, really, do we have to have this stuff? But I actually thought some of the stuff they put in was actually pretty entertaining. Like the you know the actors watching or telling about their favorite performances and stuff. Like the Seth Rogen Michael J. Fox thing was really was really cool. Dude, when they brought it back to the Matt Damon stuff, that like oh, that yeah. was that was legitimately brilliant. I was yeah I was having I, a good laugh at Matt Damon's expense. And <laughs> I'm glad he was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was all worth it for that. Like, I, everyone was expecting there, there to be like a ton of Matt Damon, yeah, like zingers and stuff, and and like the We Bought a Zoo thing was that was perfect. Like that is the kind of stuff that that is that made it really funny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Oh, and Justin Timberlake opening the show. Like, I mean, I, I kind of I really wanted Justin Timberlake to win for song because, like, I mean, fuck you, that song is great. Like it is. Is it? Like how can you not get that song stuck in your head? How can you not sing along to that song? I like I know the melody to it. I have I don't even know any of the words other than dance dance dance. <sighs> Just got to watch Trolls, bro. Like this is this is a movie that's going <laughs> to enlighten I? your enlighten your life. <laughs> All right, on a scale of other things you've recommended that I didn't like to Storks. <laughs> where does Trolls fit into the mix? Uh, I think it, you know maybe it's not so much storks, but it's it's up there. I mean, you know, you still got to watch penguins and Madagascar and <laughs> Madagascar three, and I don't even know what else. But yeah, it's it's in that category. <laughs> it's right. in that vicinity. Well, uh, what do you say we move on from the <laughs> Oscars and get in to get out? All right, let's get up all in it. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for Get Out and then bring you guys a full review. You got your toothbrush? Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? 
Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting family and taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs>So that was the trailer for Get Out. It is the story of an interracial couple. Um, the boy is an African-American. The girl is a Caucasian girl. And the two of them are going back to visit the girl's family. And uh, some shenaniganry is happening there. Um, so, Carson, what did you think of this film? <coughs> uh, first of all, I apologize because I am uh, got the sniffles. So I'm going to be sniffling and coughing throughout most of this so have fun with that are you apologizing to the people or apologizing to me i think both i don't know if it makes it through into the final edit then yeah um but maybe it makes me sound like i have a cool like sexy emma stone voice or something like yeah like i'm cool <laughs> i like how you turned emma stone her sexy voice into uh the the aunts from the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, you gotta. I gotta have that cool smoker voice. Like that's <laughs> that's how you know you're cool. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this movie, uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. It was uh, <laughs> this this movie is awesome. Get out. You should definitely get in to see this shit because <laughs> it's worth it. Um, I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great debut. Uh, movie uh, from Mr. Jordan Peele. Like, I, I was excited to see what he would do. Uh, I mean, I would be excited to see what he would do in general. Like, if even if this was a comedy, you know, like just his first movie, I was excited to see. But the fact that it was a horror movie was definitely made it a lot more intriguing. Um, and hearing him talk about, like, how he's a big fan of horror movies. And, um, I mean, like, movies in general, because, like, you could tell from this movie that he really knows different genres well. Um, and this movie has a lot of, like, a really, a lot of, like, uh, good throwbacks to, like, when horror was, I mean, taken, you know, a lot more seriously. You know, I, I, I typically rag on Blumhouse <laughs> on this podcast just for, like, most of the movies they put out are, like, really grim and, like, you know, Purge and Sinister. And I'm just, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see this shit. And it's just really bad. And, I mean, I've kind of, you know, they've always been, like, yeah, like, you know, making... I mean, I like their model, their business model of, of making, like, really low-budget 
uh, movies to, and then they they are allowed the creative freedom to basically do whatever they want. But then a lot of the times you just get, you know, something like The Purge, which, as I've stated many times, like that was a concept that they could have done so much with, but they didn't. Um, especially when you're pretty much given free reign, I'm like, oh, you know, why didn't they really just go all in with this? But I mean, just already. This year alone, we've gotten this and Split, which really proves, like, if you get someone with a vision, you know, behind a movie, you know, or in the wheel of the, one of these projects, like, they can deliver something uh, really unique. And um, I think, you know, Jordan Peele did that for sure. Like, I, I think this is definitely like a, like a, like a Scream or a Cabin in the Woods style uh, you know, take on horror. Like, they, they really, like, take, like, uh, the the tropes, you know, you, the usual horror tropes and, like, turn them on its head. Um, and that is what's really, I think, the main draw of this movie. Um, and, and also the fact that it's, like, very well-written uh, and well-directed. Like, there's, like I said, there's a very strong vision here. And... It, you know, it feels it feels like that throwback to old horror where they they take the time to set up the characters, and it's not just like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. You know, like it's it's not just this like sort of formulaic like assembly line product that's made for teenagers. You know, like they yeah. they like he really like like I said, he really knows this genre and like the. Everything from like the the you know the look the the music like the score was like very like old like like Pino Dinaggio like blowout style like that like like lots of chimes and shit like not your usual just like you know just brrr, like oh fucking hate myself <laughs> sinister like kind of shit you're just like oh um, <laughs> but yeah like it, there was more of that like even in the jump scares there was. There was a there's that jump scare where he's walking and then the the maid behind walks by and, and there's just like this intense like chime hit, chime hit and you're just like <laughs> yeah. oh shit um, no that yeah. scared the shit out of me too yeah that was a good I I just like I knew it was coming but like I didn't expect it to be that cue like that music cue yeah yeah, so yeah. I was like that, oh like, shit the sound is so intense that like yeah like, I think I in my head I jumped like my body didn't move. But my brain, like, had a seizure for a second. <laughs> like, my heart started beating really fast. I'm like, what just yeah. happened to me? I mean, there there are definitely people in my theater that, that screamed, for sure, at that moment. Like, yeah. um, I I mean, I, I can't say it's like a... I mean, to me, like, horror movies aren't scary anymore. Like, they're just... I mean, ah, that sounds dumb. But, like, I mean, the, the movie has, like, creepy and kind of intense situations but i mean like i personally didn't think it was like scary but like i don't think that matters like i think it's all about like you know taking the the conventions of the horror genre and and twisting them like just like cabin in the woods i don't think is scary or even scream you know but it's like it's fun to watch because it's it's doing something different and like i got dude i gotta i gotta imagine that like the casting of Bradley Whitford in this movie is some kind of sly nod to the fact that he was in Cabin in the Woods and that this is potentially like some scenario that they're <laughs> controlling. <laughs> because this feels like this feels like one of those scenarios that they would have come up with in that movie. Like it, it feels like a very like Twilight Zony type of thing. Um and I think having like, you know, him telling like a movie that deals with kind of social themes and stuff. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've heard Jordan Peele talk about like, you know, Stepford wives and like night of the living dead, like movies and even Dawn of the dead movies that dealt with like themes of either race or like social commentary, like within horror movies. And like, I mean, he's right. Like there, there aren't really that many horror movies now that, that kind of take that and, and satirize it or, and, and put it into like a, into a, horror convention you know like so i think that that i think that's cool that that you know he was kind of again like that's that's also going back to like him wanting to make like a throwback horror um i mean all around it's just a really great movie like the performances are awesome 
the main guy, Daniel Kaluuya, I think, I don't know if that's pronouncing that correct, but he was pretty badass in uh, Sicario. Um, and I think he, I thought he was really great here. Um, but I mean, the MVP of this movie is his buddy, uh, like <laughs> the that TSA guy, agent? yeah, the T, the guy, uh, <laughs> Rel Howery who played the TSA agent, man, like every time they had a, every time he was on screen, I was dying laughing. Like that was, that shit was so funny. And that, that reminded me like that, those moments reminded me the most of Scream because it was like, it was almost like he was playing like the Jamie Kennedy character. He's like the knowing guy knows all the horror tropes, you know, telling you like, I knew, I told you you shouldn't go there. Like he, you know, he's, it's kind of like that knowing satire, but it works like, you know, it's that perfect thing where it's like they're, they know that they're like doing it. They know that they, they know that they're sending it up, but then they're also being like a legit entry. Um, which I thought, I thought that, uh, you know, he didn't direct it, but he had a hand in, you know, created it and stuff. But, like, I, I feel like that, you know, they did the same thing with Keanu, like, for the action genre. Like, I, I really do think they, they kind of did the same things there. They're sending up the tropes in, in that. Um, and also well, well, deal and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know, but, like, a lot, no one saw Keanu, so. <laughs> but I, I feel like that was, like, that just shows you how well, like, and how big of a fan, like, Jordan Peele is of movies and, and knows the genres, like, that, that they can send up action and now, like, he's doing horror. But that's the thing, though, is, like, when I first saw the trailer for Get Out and I saw, you know, you know, written and directed by Jordan Peele, like, I thought that this was supposed to be the horror version of Keanu, like, where it is simply just trying to be a satire of those films. But this is, like, so much more than that. Like, this isn't a satire of horror films. This is, like, a legit entry into suspense and horror. Oh, and, yeah, it's a legit movie. Yeah, like, it's not it's not trying to send it up. It's just doing it. Like, it's doing it better than most of the things that we've seen for this podcast. Like, this is a fantastic movie. And, you know, like, I, I've uh, some people at the office were, were asking me about um, what I thought of, what I thought of it, and like it's really hard to talk about it without really going into specifics because I'm trying like because there was other people at the lunch table on Friday um, who were also going to see it, so I didn't want to say anything about it because I, I really wanted them to just like watch it fresh. But like w- the most ambiguous thing I could say is like somebody asked me if it was re- really really scary, and what I was trying to say, like communicate not so well I assume uh, was that. The the literal image on the screen is not very scary, but if you really think about what is happening in this film, this movie is fucking terrifying. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this this is an insane film, and I was disturbed the entire movie. Like because th- there's a lot of like different things that are happening that are just sort of they're kind of that un- awkward, uncomfortable level of creepy where you're like. Mm. Something very strange is happening here, and I don't know what yet. And you slowly trickle in little bits of information, and everything it trickles in is like, okay, this is pretty bad. But it's always so much worse <laughs> as it continues into the film. And like it, this film does like it builds. It's like a little tiny snowball that's just slowly rolling down a hill and, and picking up steam. And I think the pacing of this film is perfect. The way it, it, it divvies out little bits of information about what's happening in the plot um, is perfect. The performances are perfect. Like, I I think this is, like, an, an absolutely fantastic film. And I think that, like, by the end of it, as, like, you're, like, you kind of have the full uh, picture of what's happening. And, and, like, it is it is an extremely scary scenario. And, uh, yeah, I just... I walked out of this film movie going like, okay, that was a rad film, and I'm so glad that I saw this. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, I agree with that. Like, I think that, that, um, you know, what makes it, I, I like when movies deal with, like, fucked up shit, but they're just kind of, like, not tossing it aside, but they're, it's done in that, that very, like, I always say, like, the movie reality where they're not really drawing and focusing in on it that much. It's kind of like they just have these scenes, and if you linger on it like and th- dig a little deeper, you're like, oh yeah, like that's some that's some messed up shit. 
Um, but it's not, you know, it's not like beating you over the head with it or anything. Like, it's not like, uh, again, I sound like a broken record and that I'm, you know, constantly on Twitter talking about Sinister like it's Batman v Superman. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, like in Sinister, it just makes you, like, just feel gross. Like, you, like, you know, it, during scenes that are supposed to be scary, you're just like, this just feels like, you know, like, I don't want to watch this. Um, and I would say that the, the, the themes and the, the stuff going on in this movie are, like, you know, equally as fucked up, but, like, it's not being dealt with in, like, that really, like, gruesome way, you know? Like, it's, there's, there's that, there's that movie sheen over it, so you're, you're, you're enjoying the fun of experiencing, like, this well-crafted horror movie, you know? Um, I mean, but I definitely do think that there is, there is some good satire in it, like of the genre and stuff. Well, um, it, it's weird though, because like the, I feel like the satiring stuff is, it's almost hidden, right? Like it, it's yeah. when, when you're watching a normal film that tries to satire a genre, the satire is the primary thing. And then if you're lucky, it's actually making you feel the way you should in one of those other, like the, the genre type films. But in this, it's like, this is straight genre and it's great, but there is there there is satire weaved in there where it's just taking little things and flipping them on their head. Or yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, like, Sh- Shane Black does it all the time. Like that's just his bread and butter is to just fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, I like that. I mean, more horror movies should do that because we've seen like pretty much every scenario you know that you could think of. So like the fact that this is like a fresh take on. A scenario we've seen that it's like oh okay like you know that's where it gets like really good yeah that's yeah. where you get that's where you get the goods you know um <laughs> but yeah i mean i really i really was like so impressed with like even like the the opening scene with which is basically all one take um was really just uh awesome and like I, I don't know why but like i i kept telling sarah this too like i was really like I was really in love with like the opening credits. Like this like the like they were very aesthetically pleasing to me. Like the the font size and the color. <laughs> I, something about it just reminded me of like like old like like uh Amblin movies or something. I was like, I don't know what a, that's so like I just those credits were just like perfect. And then like the, the music over the, it. The credit music is like it, it it sounds like something out of a key and pill sketch. Like Yeah. It's and amazing. I still don't. I know that he used a like a child. He used a childish Gambino song in the beginning, but like that other like really creepy. I can't. I still don't know if that's score or an actual song. Like it sounds like a song that would open like a season of True Detective. Like it's that yeah, yeah, yeah. level no, no, yeah, creepy. Yeah, like, like, but it's like from a skit making yeah. fun of True Detective. <laughs> yeah. If that's available, but, that's going to be what opened this episode. So, but, but like that. Hopefully, but, it's there. But it's used like legitimately. And it works. Like, I was like, that is a, like, that's an example of, like, taking a, you know, having a music choice and, like, just using it really well. Um, well that's the thing is, like, you, it, the song sounds like a joke. Like, just with, like, the weird choral type stuff that's happening. But because of the notes, the tempo, and the scenes that you're looking at, it still creeps you out. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 like, ironically scary or creepy but also actually creepy. Yeah, and I, like I would imagine that some people like who maybe don't know much about the movie other than like maybe that Jordan Peele directed it. Like I can see people going to see this and just sitting there going like, "Okay, when is it going to get funny? Like when's the, you know, when's the humor coming?" I mean, like we said, there is humor in the movie, um but not in the not in the way where it's like you know, it's not like uh, it's not like a Key and Peele sketch where they're really like in on the joke and and being a parody. You know, uh, it's not. It's like a different style of that. But yeah, like I could totally see someone getting fooled into thinking like they're like, all right, when <laughs> where's the joke? Well, no, but, like like yeah. I said, like I I was waiting for it to be really really funny during the first like twenty minutes, of the, and then I I realized that like no, this is actually a serious film. Yeah, and and personally to me. I think it's all the better for it. Like, I love that. I could definitely see people coming into this film hoping for just a legitimately funny thing. And, you know, based on the, like, before the film started, um, 
they played the trailer for the movie Raw, and oh, like yeah. my entire theater was erupting in that really uncomfortable laughter. <laughs> Because, like, like, the last shot of the trailer is, like, a girl on top of a guy, like, biting into his wrist as yeah. they have sex, right? And, like, my, my entire auditorium was like, <laughs> and then, like, we immediately went into this film, right? So I think that, like, everybody who was laughing was probably there to, to be in a, like, this is going to be a funny horror film. And uh, based on the reaction as I walked out, I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised to see a pretty damn serious horror film that yeah. uh, that they they seem to enjoy. Yeah, because I'm uh, I just made a mental note to to come back to this because I actually did want to bring this up, but uh, um, but no, but like I you know going in like I knew it was you know I knew it was going to be this way, but like I just. I don't know, like, I was still had in the back of my mind, you know, I was, I was still downing it, because I'm like, oh, it's got that, it's got that 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know, like... <laughs> Is it still sitting at 100% right I now? I believe so, yes. It's, uh, one of the rare perfect scores. Uh, yeah, it still is. Um, and it's got 136 reviews. And I mean, I, I look, I, I totally, I think it's totally valid. Um, but, uh, you know, there was still a part of me, I wasn't going in and just expecting it to be like so awesome. I was just going like, all right, I like, I hope it's good. And then like, you know, I just, I just sat down and was like super impressed by everything. I mean, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but like, uh, pretty much one location horror movie, way better than Don't Breathe and Ten Cloverfield Lane and all these other one move horror stuck in a location horror movie that we've talked about. Like I feel like like this, like I said, the the vision here was strong. Like I, I totally loved um the the uh the uh, the imagery of him uh, when he gets hypnotized and he's kind of in like his his like weird dream state and he's looking up and seeing the screen and stuff like that was very memorable. And, um, when he's like in the, you know, you see it in the trailer, he's on the couch and there's like an old timey TV and stuff like all that, like the design of that room was very memorable. And there's a lot of like really talk about really great, uh, like setups and then payoffs, you know, like good call, good, good checkoffs guns in this movie. No. (laughs) Oh Yeah. No, no, no fuckery in this one. You're actually like, oh yeah, like that shit paid off. Especially at the end. The end, like, I think you know what I'm talking about. But the end got huge applause when <laughs> yeah, a, we we had a big <laughs> applause too for us when a certain someone showed up. Um, yeah, so that and like that whole reveal too was just like, yeah, it made you want to fist pump for sure. Um, you know, in the same way that you want to fist pump at the end of Split, like. For, for real um <clears throat> like i uh yeah so like i was i really liked like that like he clearly had something in mind you know there and it was it was really cool but um no what i was gonna say about this movie was since i know you went and saw it at the alamo draft house take your <laughs> drinks everyone um but i gotta imagine at the at this at the alamo draft house it's probably just full of people just trying to ward off the rape goblins because you even you even said it right now. What? But like you know what I mean? Like What do you mean by ward off the rape goblins? Well you know what I mean? Like I was talking about the, the Patton Oswald bit where like no one can just sit in silence. There's always gotta be the one guy who laughs uncomfortably oh, after yeah, yeah. after fifteen minutes because the joke was like, Oh, these goblins will come out of the earth and rape us if there's no you know, if we if there we keep the silence, you know, that's that's the whole joke. But anyway uh, which I butchered, but, um, yeah, cause like, I I can't even imagine, uh, cause like, I, usually during horror movies, like you get, I like, I was very fortunate. The crowd that I saw this with was totally into it. They clapped, they laughed at like the appropriate times. It wasn't just like nothing was happening. And there was just one guy going, ha, 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 cause I can't <laughs> handle the silence. It's like, Oh Jesus Christ. Or like you said, when it's uncomfortable, like anytime there's a sexy times, Man, like the like they haven't seen a penis or you know vagina before or whatever like boobs. It's just like ah, oh, I don't get it. Like I mean, do you get that a lot? Like I gotta imagine 
that there's there's the one guy. Well, for the most part, like at least our Alamo Draft House drink um, is is usually pretty good. Most screenings, there isn't that much of an issue. Um, you know, whether it's yeah, well, I mean, mo- most of the thing with for, for horror films in general is that like all these shows are 21 and up, I believe. I mean, they do serve alcohol there. Yeah. I think that most of the youth that usually ruin any horror experience that I've seen um, are people who aren't going to show up to a theater like Alamo Drafthouse and pay above $9 to sit in a room where they're going to serve alcohol, right? So most of the time we don't get that. We do occasionally get drunk or high people, um... Somebody at the what was it uh, that we saw? I think John. Yeah, maybe it was at John Wick. Uh, no, because I saw it somewhere else. Anyways, one no, it was Split. Somebody like some high person was in the front uh, for Split, <laughs> and I was mind blown. For for the most part, though, like my crowd was like exactly as you said. Like you know, they were they were <laughs> clapping and applauding at the right moments, cheering at the right moments, um, you know, gasping at the correct moments. Like the worst part of the experience for me was that the asshat sitting next to me had his phone go off twice and then got a text message uh, another time after that. Um, and that was kind of annoying because I feel like, you know, your, your, your phone goes off once, you know, like, oh, yeah, I should have had this off. It shouldn't ever go off a second time. Right. Like that's 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 pretty dumb. Um, but besides that, um, it, my, my audience was fine. It's just funny that, like, I always notice it. Um, it just seems to be almost like an epidemic because, like, it's weird. It's it's always fascinating to me because, like, I just have always, like, I don't know. To me, it makes sense. You go to a movie and you sit there and, like, if a dog gets killed, you don't fucking gasp. Like, you just go, like, well, that was fake. Like, I'm internally maybe g- gasping or reacting. But, like, it blows my mind how, like, people... It almost feels like they do it for attention, but like, and they act like they've never been to a movie before. Like it's so it's so crazy to me. It it will never it will never not be fascinating to me because it's always and it's not just like teenagers, you know, because like teenagers are usually just being obnoxious like on their phone or whatever. But like it's like grown ass adults, and it's always like usually like a really like bearded heavyweight dude who just acted like he saw a movie for the first time like i know like i don't want to be judgy but shit that's how it is and they like you know something will happen like especially in horror movies you know and there's like, <gasps> like the only one ga- like like overreacting gasping and i'm just like what like this is this it's well, I mean, it, I, like, it's, I, just, I, it's funny to me i don't know there there are appropriate times to gasp right like Certain types of reveals in a film, certain moments, like you're allowed to gasp because something just happened that is 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 crazy or dangerous or whatever. Like, for instance, you know, uh, uh, Oscar award winning uh, Emma Stone, <laughs> right, in a certain superhero film has a, a certain oh, moment. Oh, yes. Chris um, was the one who still was the only one who didn't <laughs> see that coming. <laughs> but like at that moment, even if you see it coming. Yeah. Like, oh, oh by the way. Okay, spoilers for Spider-Man 2, right? Is it Spider-Man 2? <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man yeah. 2, yeah. Spider-Man 2, the reboot. If you haven't seen it yet, just like skip forward about a minute and a half because I need to say this because this is a conversation I actually overheard that I almost butted into, but Uh-oh. I didn't because because I, I just – I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So it was at Alamo Drafthouse drink, and this guy was like – he was one of those people who was like overly talkative, but like informing everybody of all the information that he knows. Yeah. And at some point, uh, they like something happened on screen, and he was like, "That's not even possible! Like the impact of that would be so crazy." And he's like, "Remember, like in Spider-Man Two, when Emma Stone's character fell and Spider-Man caught her, but the force from catching her killed her." I was like, "No, her head hit the cement. Like he didn't catch her. That was the whole point, right? Like." She didn't die from whiplash. She died because her head hit the ground. Like, I'm not crazy, right? I honestly don't remember. But I'm glad that you're sticking up for being <laughs> like, this is a movie, goddammit. This isn't real. Uh, but anyways, okay, so that's beyond the point. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like, oh, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll allow, like, if it's an it's actual gas-worthy, gas-worthy moment, like, it's like, okay, fine. But if it's literally just like... Dude, I remember when I saw Arrival, because um, it was at a it was at a screening at Beyond Fest. Take a drink at the Egyptian. 
Drink again. Um, so like, it, literally, no, be, like, be, be careful what you're gonna say because Arrival. Okay, but I'm like, not gonna. I'm the not Oscars gonna give, were just happening, and the no, Arrival no, I'm not gonna, won I'm some not gonna, shit. So like, I'm not don't gonna be give any. Anything. I'm not gonna give any spoilers to Arrival. Literally, there'd be a scene where like Amy Adams walks in, and someone would be like, huh, "Like nothing happened." <laughs> like this is the shit I'm talking about. Like it's like like there's there should be like the stuff on screen should not elicit a reaction. Like. And and then like you know uh, or I can't remember specifics, but it would just be like a scene like that, like very just generic, nothing going on, and <gasps> like something like that. And you're like, what? Like I don't, like are they seeing something else? Like I don't know. That's why it's uh, that's why like it'll never stop being fascinating to me, especially like if you go see like older movies and people just laugh because it's old. Like oh, he's got a. He's wearing old clothes from the 70s, so it's just automatically funny. I gotta laugh because no one else is laughing. Like, it's, that's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I figured, you know, in Get Out's horror movie, I just figured you'd probably have encountered one or two of people like this at the Alamo Draft House, San Francisco, take a drink. Because I just feel like, I don't know, like, that's just something that I've been meaning to bring up. Because, like, I just, I experience it. I've experienced it a lot, and it's just funny to me that that people like act like they've just never seen a movie before, especially when dogs die. Like if if a dog gets killed in a movie, oh boy! Like, yeah, like people, if you're if you're seeing a movie and a dog is on the poster and it's a main character, it's probably <laughs> going to die. Right? Like, <laughs> like, that that you, why would you tell the story if the dog doesn't die? Right? I mean, like. Uh, spoilers for far from a matting crowd but like not really but like there's a scene in that movie where like sheep accidentally just jump off a cliff like (laughs) matthias matthias schoenair it's like the worst sheep herder in the history of sheep herding it's just like no like my sheep and they all like and there's like a there's like a (laughs) full-on shot of them hitting the rocks and they're just heads exploding i'm telling you like that, that I, pe- okay so so hold on a second people no, reacted I, I, more to that than the actual human deaths in the movie no no but 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 here, here's the thing though here, here i i will i will walk you back from this for just a second because there are there are things we're used to seeing in films and there are some films that want to accentuate something and so for instance like you always see a movie where a guy falls off a building and then like they're, they die, right? But yeah. you don't actually watch them hit the ground, right? You watch them fall, and then it cuts to another angle, and then it shows the body afterwards or something like that, right? Yeah. When a film chooses to... like, So if a guy were to fall from a building and then fall behind a car and splat, and then camera cuts to him, that's one type of, of oh shit. If you watch the guy fall off the building and he hits a rail on the way down and tumbles and then falls behind the car, that's a little bit higher. If the camera follows him down and then splats into the car or something on the ground below, that is kind of like, oh, shit, like they didn't cut away. Like yeah. there, are, there are levels to which um, certain things that like of body horror or, or certain things that like you know are bad, but then the way they're shot accentuate how crazy it is. That is like there is a level that it, it causes a gas because you're preparing yourself for one thing and what you get is like several le- levels higher than that. And I think that it is appropriate to to gasp in a situation where you're like, oh, 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 right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, I, like just for me, like, I guess I can, I, like, to me, I always just like, well, it's fake. So, like, I'm, I'm my, my reaction is always like, like, for instance, the sheep thing in Far From the Manning Crowd, like, my reaction is like, because I am just a terrible person. Usually it was like, whoa, that was badass. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But it's kind of, but it's the same way. It's like my internal gas. It's like, oh, that sucks for the sheep. But A, it didn't really happen. They're not real. And then B, I'm just like, oh, like, I wasn't expecting that in this movie. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, that's why. But I bet you if you took, like, if you took, like, the footage of, like, a guy falling off a cliff and hitting all the rocks on the way down and splatting and, and they full-on show it and then show the, like, an animal doing that, like, people would react way more to the animal. Like, it's always crazy to me when they do that. It's like the dog will literally get just, like, someone could be legit getting tortured, like, Saw style. And they're like, eh. <laughs> And then a dog gets tortured and you're like, oh, no! No, just, not the dog! Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, that was a big tangent, but that's just my, like, the phenomenon of that, I think, is just, like I said, it's endlessly fascinating. Like, the, the people who who just, like, love to react, like, super audibly, and it's like, I don't know, it, it it's, it's something, that's for sure. Yeah, my, my, my big pet peeve over that one is, uh... When people try to finish a character's line or say the reveal as it's happening and they're wrong, <laughs> like, like, like I, I'm just going to pick uh, off the top of my head. I'm going to pick something that wouldn't matter to a story anywhere. But like, say, take uh, Sylvester Stallone's Daylight. <laughs> oh, and, classic. Like, uh, it, it would be like if they were watching and the scene where he's like, get these people t- to Daylight. If the person in the audience was like, heard him say, get these people, and then the person in the audience said, outside, <laughs> right? Like, we were just like, <laughs> yeah. no, why, why would he have said those words? Shut the hell up. Yeah. That, that's like my version of that is listen. But in a way, I kind of I hope they feel dumb because they said it out loud, and I hope they know they said it out loud, and they realize how wrong they are, <laughs> and then they, like, get all embarrassed. But I feel like great. people who do that, like, just don't get embarrassed. Like, they just have no self-awareness. Or they're just oblivious to this. They they don't even care, like that they're causing. You know that they've been that, that they've said this. I feel like they're just like they just keep going on, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably you're right. They probably don't have enough self awareness to know that they're an idiot. But like, <laughs> like that legit happened to me today. Where the, there's this guy. We're in the we're going to see a movie and like. <laughs> There was literally, like, there was a guy in the front section and a guy in the very back, and the guy in the very back, it's still during the previews, but he's on his phone, like, full volume, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm in the movies right now, he's like, I'm watching Collide, 1025, Theater 11, it gets out at 1215, first of all, (laughs) that's a lot of unnecessary information to whoever you're talking to, but okay, and he's, he's carrying on, like, this conversation at full volume, and the guy in the front section turns around, he's like, get off your fucking phone like shut the fuck like super loud and like yeah. um, Sarah and I are just looking at each other like oh boy like the two screening people going at it like the most but they were clearly like socially awkward cause like none of like it's like I admire this guy for sticking up to him but it's also like he ended up being more distracting than the guy who took the phone call because it's like I can understand if it was during the movie yeah that would suck but like during the previews I'm pretty sure he was gonna hang up like, that's why I gave up on, on cell phone people a long time ago. It's like, you're not going to convince these people to get off their phone. Like, they don't care. They've yeah. already been rude enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to pull it out and just look at it. So they don't give a shit. Anyway. Yup. <laughs> get All out, right. though. So, so get out. <laughs> um. I did not like when they went on the tangent. <laughs> uh. I tuned into this episode of review of Get Out, and they just fucking talked about the Oscars for 20 minutes. Then talked about <laughs> sitting in a movie theater for 20 minutes. It was like 10 minutes of review. It was basically like when I watched in La La Land one, and then it didn't. How dare they? Uh, just like Shutter Island. <laughs> Dude, I, I had that moment because – and. The, this is going to bring it back to, to Get Out, I swear. But oh, I had yeah. that moment at the end of A Cure for Wellness. I was like, you know what? It was kind of just like Shutter Island. It was Dane DeHaan <laughs> Shutter Island. Like, to be fair, like, Dane DeHaan looks like a young Leo D. And he was trapped in one place that was kind of creepy. And <laughs> Did you just spoil? No. Like, I, this, is, this was not a spoil. I'm just saying there's a lot of, like, similarities. Not plot-wise, but, like... I'm just in- saying at the end, he willingly walks into the lighthouse. <laughs> I did not spoil it. I just said that it would make sense if someone said it was Dean Don Shutter Island. I'd be like, okay, I can get on board with that. But uh, I will say there are a lot there there are a lot of similarities between that uh, Cure for Wellness and and Get Out. Like weirdly, because um, like one location, secluded location, uh, and and other things. Uh, regarding <laughs> things, but like if you, yeah, they 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 do weirdly complement each other, um, which I thought was was interesting. Like since they came out a week apart, but uh, yeah, but I, I'm just like I'm just happy. Like already this year, we've gotten four like awesome horror movies, like this Cure for Wellness, 
uh, Split and uh, The Black Code's Daughter, which is a movie that's coming out soon, or might be already out on Limited, I can't remember, but uh, that that movie's super dope. But, like, I, like, honestly, this could be a top four right here. Like, I don't be surprised if this is my top four and be like, I didn't change it, guys. Like, I just went... I just went with all the horror movies from January and February, guys. I'm done. <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm at this point in time. Like this could very well make my list by the end of the year. Like Get Out, I thought was legitimately great, and uh, yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it's like I want everybody to see it to see it just so that we can talk about yeah the stuff that's in it. Like it's it's one of those ones where it's it's, it's I think the journey of of uh, unwinding the plot is is incredibly fun and it's a thing that like i really want to talk to anybody who has seen this movie because there's so many interesting things to talk about yeah so is that your way of saying that this needs to have a spoiler segment (laughs) i mean i don't know that we need to i mean do you you specifically want to have one i mean i don't i don't care i mean there's not there's not a lot to to talk about i mean in terms i mean i've said pretty much everything that i could say like you know, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I, know how much more I could say. Like in talking about like the stuff that happens in this movie, I would pretty much just be like, "Yeah, it was cool. Like what he did, like that." Yeah, yeah. No, like that, <laughs> I that, wasn't that, expecting the reason, that. The only reason I'm worried about having a spoiler section is because it would just be like, and then this happens, and then this happens, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. this happens, and then this happens. Um, so yeah, yeah. We, we we can just skip the spoilers for now. Um, but but yeah, it, it's it's definitely a film worth talking about. It's a film worth seeing, and people should definitely see it. Oh, also, Get Out and A Cure for Wellness both have scenes where a car hits a deer. That was the other thing. Lots of deer stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> which which I'm sure will make people gasp because, once again, an animal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Bambi getting hit by a... <gasps> also, I cannot watch two people talking in a car with like the sideways shot out of one of their windows like i'm like something's going to happen like i can't i get i get anxiety when watching like a shot of two people talking in a car because i'm just waiting for there to be an accident <laughs> yeah that's that's called filmmaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but that, that, i almost yeah, get, yeah. i almost get disappointed when it doesn't happen like yeah I w- I was watching. Uh, I, you were I was really watching... pissed in Before Midnight when that long, like, fifteen-minute take of them driving didn't end <laughs> in them crashing. <laughs> no, no, but there's there's like a there's there's a scene in the most recent episode of Homeland where the president-elect is just driving in a car, and I'm like, when is the car going to get ambushed? Uh, <laughs> like, it doesn't get ambushed. Reverse yeah. spoilers. Uh, uh, but they like, fooled you. Yeah, no, I would. I would just like, oh, there, there would be no reason plot-wise for this to happen, but I still feel like the car is going to be sideswiped. <clears throat> that's, I, I just remember, that's one thing I will say. The one negative thing I will say, and it's like not even anything to, to ruin the movie or anything. Like, it's a minor, minor quibble. But like, any scene, mostly any scene where Daniel Kaluuya and Allison Williams are talking to each other, like, they just go jiggly cam, and I'm just like, uh... I get it. Like, it was definitely a stylistic choice this time around where it's like, oh, it's supposed to be intimate, you know? Um, because, like, every everything else is fine. It's, like, steady, traditional, like, shots and stuff. But just for whatever reason, anytime they're, like, kind of just having one-on-one conversations, like, they just decide to go handheld jiggly. And I was like, eh. But... <laughs> Again, that's not to ruin the movie. I just wanted to point out that it's there. I, I noticed it. It's so funny because, like, I was watching, um, like, Due Date, the, the Robert, you know, Robert Downey Jr. movie, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> like, I was re-watching it. It was on, like, Comedy Central or something, like, the other day. And, and you know, we're flipping. We're re-watching it because I was like, ah, oh, I don't really remember. This is as funny as I remember. And there's so much jiggly cam in that movie and i was just like i don't remember this at all like i have just i was not woke guys i was not like i didn't know and so it's so weird i was like oh how many movies are like this and i go back and be like holy shit because i'm you know in a <laughs> i just imagine myself saying all this stuff like oh jiggly cam you know i don't like it and then someone going like well he just said he liked this movie and yeah whatever this yeah, is yeah. somebody this is writing stuff in that... and listing all the films that you've been positive <laughs> about that have jiggly yeah. cam 
going I've analyzed every frame, and this movie that you said was the best movie ever made is 25% more jiggly than all of the Bourne films combined. <laughs> going back to, like, some movie that we reviewed in, like, 2011 or something, going like, well, you gave this a positive review and didn't say it. It's like, I don't remember. I wasn't the same. I don't know. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. All right. So should we get to the uh, the verdict? All right. All right. Carson Patrick, if you were going to get out, would you get out with a must-see, a fragment of the caveat, wait for rental, pass of the caveat, or must avoid? I... Definitely get out and see this movie. Must see all the way. Yes, this is a must see from me as well. This film is fantastic. Um, if you watch the trailer and even remotely were interested in it, um, I think that it will not let you down at all. <laughs> so get out and see it. Uh, yeah. It's really great. The hype is real. Yeah. Also, shout out to Keith Stanfield. Uh, uh, he continues to be like the underrated supporting actor in everything he does uh he's uh awesome on atlanta and he was pretty great in this too he didn't have much to do but uh yeah that guy like that guy every time he shows up i'm like man he always like steals the scene he comes in he's like a he's a scene stealer which guy is it that's the guy who was the the guy in the beginning who gets abducted. Oh, yeah, and then gotcha, gotcha. Comes back as the as like the, <laughs> like him acting as the like he kind of had like a British accent almost, but like that was that was funny, like acting as the old lady's uh, I guess husband. I don't even know. Yeah. Also, Stephen Root Milton, man, he was good in that. I feel like he he had a really you know a pretty small role, but like he. Like, the the time he had on screen, like, I was really like, oh, this guy's creepy, you know? Yeah, Jimmy James from News Radio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was good. Like, all the casting was really good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Sweet. Well, uh, I think that is going to bring us to the end of episode 440 of the Spoiler Warning Podcast, where we reviewed Get Out. Um, I think that means it's time for us to get out. So, Carson... You still avoiding the internet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to get out so hopefully you're enjoying that and uh yes we are going to take off uh we doing logan this week oh yeah logan next week yeah we'll see if that lives up to the hype too like i hope it does because that that for like when they finally released the full-length trailer i said holy shit this looks so freaking awesome. Yeah, like, I still haven't watched the full trailer. Like, I thought that that first teaser, like, with the Johnny Cash song, like, I thought that was, like, the perfect teaser. And I was like, I, that's all I need to see, man. Like, I just, I don't need to see anymore. But, like, I really hope that, that Logan is good, because I'm just, I'm tired of Hugh Jackman coming out after each one of these Wolverine movies and having to apologize for it. Like, like hyping it so hard and then be like... Eh, sorry guys like i gotta apologize you know that's my australian well, accent like, thank su- you su- supposedly patrick stewart said uh movie's so badass he's never gonna play professor x again i know yeah and, and hugh jackman's done too but like i mean i like i really just want it to be as good as they're saying just so hugh jackman doesn't have to come out and apologize again yeah. like <laughs> well i'm actually i'm actually curious because to me this seems like a really really dark uh, Wolverine story, and that seems like exactly the thing that you would not be excited about. Yeah. Um, so the question is, will we both, will it live up to both, will it live up to the hype for both of us, or is just one of us going to be excited about how it turns out? Yeah, because I mean, James Mangold, who did the last one, the Wolverine, and I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that, so I don't like, I mean, I like a lot of his older movies. And I'm glad that this this new one is R-rated. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going in not expecting anything. So, yeah. we'll see. Uh, yes, we will. Um, 
But yeah, that's the podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining me, Carson. Yes. <laughs> no. It was La La Land all along. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time.